Charlie, the Bulldogs have got two flags now. I hate you. If you think we'll be insightful, clever or just well researched, we're here to say that's not the case. We'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one cup. It is Wednesday, June the 7th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. My name is Will Anderson. My name is Charlie Clawson. Hello. How are you? Um, how's, you how's your football? How are you feeling about football? Oh, I've had a bye week. Yeah. Well, I went up to Noosa. <laughs> just with a couple of the boys. Do you know who... Got some sun. Uh, speaking of the bye weekend, apparently there was a lot in Noosa. There was a lot in Byron Bay. That, yeah. was, that was the big two places they went. But uh, my favourite story is that uh, Alex Rance, uh, superstar Alex Rance, uh, he, for his bye weekend, is going on a camping trip uh, to Daniloquin. Where's Daniloquin? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is really off the beaten path, Daniloquin. Yeah. What do you do on a camping trip? That feels I reckon a... he's going to read. Apparently, he's going with a couple of mates. It feels a bit sort of broke back Richmond. Oh, me? really? <laughs> you know? It's like Alan... Or maybe he's trying to convert them. Isn't he like a... Doesn't he have some sort of religious thing? Wasn't he take a uh, missionary it? year at some stage? Maybe he's more? just doing it on the weekends. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe he's going to convert. It's a week where he's just going down to, to preach. Is he is he a Mormon? Is that what he is? Seventh-day Adventist? What what religion like is he? I don't know. Do you reckon he would have seen Book of Mormon? Is he the sort of Mormon who goes Apparently to Mormons Book of Mormon? Apparently Mormons love Book of Mormon. Uh, they, they do advertising campaigns around it. Yeah, I've heard um, Matt and Trey talk about they know when they've got Mormons in the audience because there's some real in-jokes and when they get right. like a section of the audience <laughs> going, oh, yeah. But yeah, we yeah. did a good research. Here's a couple for the Mormon crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so he's going on a camping trip. Uh, I don't know about a camping trip. How will you feel about that as a club? Isn't that like sleeping Dangerous. on the ground and like, you in know. The open flames. There's going to be, yeah, like you're going to be like, yeah, exactly. Well, you're going to be put can of beans in the open flames and you're going to be snake. Okay? I know, I know like when I sign a con- like an acting contract, there are certain clauses that say you won't, you know, on your time off, go like skydiving or ride a motorbike and stuff. Like you can't jeopardize a production. I'm sure footballers must have the same. When you give them advice back, you should call them clauses. <laughs> I've got a, you've got a couple of clauses, and I've got a couple of clauses. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I will be playing in AFL celebrity match, so <laughs> I'll try not to take too many risks. Yeah, I imagine there's some sort of. I'm sure you can't go skydiving mid-season or like, but you can surf and stuff like that. Obviously, they let them do that. Well, they do take them to those like high altitude training camps where they're basically like you know climbing Mount Everest and stuff. It's a bit rich to say, oh, you can't do this dangerous activity. There's nothing more dangerous than mountain climbing. Yeah, you can't do it by yourself though. You can do dangerous stuff like club-approved dangerous stuff. The right. clubs are always getting you to do dangerous stuff. Well, wasn't it? It was Buddha Hocking. Uh, the famous incident was he. Uh, was it before a final or something? He did his ankle because he, he worked as a garbage man, I think. That was his day job. Okay. And he had a kick with some kids on the street and he like tripped over a gutter and like chipped the bone in his ankle or something. <laughs> I mean, that yeah, that's a tough one. Like, I mean, sometimes people get hurt though, isn't it? Who, was it Ben Hart? Was that who like burned his feet? Who, who burned uh, his feet? Yeah. No, not Ben Hart. It was um, Sean Hart. No, not Sean. He played for Brisbane. I remember, yeah, it was yeah. that guy. They were doing like firewalking, yeah, uh, like on some sort of preseason camp or whatever. Yeah, like... that that footage has to be online. I remember <laughs> it because you see him firing himself up, and then he gets halfway across the goals. It's like, no, 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 this, this doesn't work at all. Yeah, <laughs> this doesn't work at all. 
great way to get a bit of speed into your midfield, right? <laughs> like every like Tuesday training, that's hot cold training where you, you've got to get the ball and just like run. <laughs> Run around hot coals. Well, the Bulldogs had like a handball club or whatever it was called, right? No, it was that. Okay, the so whole this, games were just handball. This was their thing at the start of uh, last season. So this was their kind of secret weapon. They had this little thing called handball club, and the first rule of handball club was in every interview you talked about handball club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was apparently every club has their own handball club. It's just like you practice all those little handballs slash throws that yeah, are now right. part of the game. Yeah. Well, when you play junior footy, you do like, that's a training drill, right? You would like cover a section of ground where you weren't allowed to kick. You just do it all via handballs. Yep. Okay. So it was Nigel Smart. Nigel Smart. Well, ironically. Well, uh, the headline oh, is, the day Smart earned the nickname. Dumb? Not so. <laughs> Excellent. Better than what I could have come up with. Let's have a look at this. Uh, how will we ever forget? This is by John McGrath uh, on the uh, Age Real Footy website. Yeah, from, the Herald Sun steals from us, we steal from the Age. Uh, September 14, 2002. How will we ever forget Nigel Smart? Well, we did. We thought yeah. it was Ben Hart. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds the same. Uh, you know him, the bloke in the number seven jumper playing for Adelaide. For the past 12 years, he's been driving opposition supporters to distraction. He's the one with the shaven head or goatee beard, depending on the era. Are yeah, they- he does. He had the, In his final years, he had that Walter White look going on, didn't he? He really yeah. did, right? Yeah. I am the one who defends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was really going for the nickname Heisenberg. <laughs> he goes, I can do this. I work all day in a meth lab. I should be able to do this. Uh, along the way, he's uh, played in Adelaide Premierships. Uh, 1997 and 98, picked up three All-Australian teams. Oh, so shit. that's pretty good, right? Three yeah. All-Australians. Finished, Not so bad. Uh, finished second or third in the club, best and fairest four times. Pretty, wow. Pretty amazing. And that's in a good era too. Like yeah. you're, you're coming second as there to some pretty uh, fine players. Andrew around McLeod that and Rusciuto. Uh That he's never won, it speaks volumes for the players he's had around him. Oh, no, there you right go. Oh, you <laughs> Note to self, complete article before commenting. Uh, but if anyone ever sits, to write a, sits down to write a book about Smart, who today becomes... Okay, blah, blah, blah. This is for his 250th game. Okay. So what the, year was this? Uh, this is in uh, 2002, uh, this article comes from, and they're celebrating his 250th game. But instead of really going by his good incidents, they're going to concentrate on one thing in particular. That's, that's amazing. I would have sworn... Like, this is how little I know about football. I would have sworn he retired like four years ago. Right. <laughs> yeah, he played 900 games. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, it happened. Oh, here we go. Oh, and it happened way back in 1992. This is how long ago this incident was. I remember. That doesn't, yeah. Uh, it happened on January 18. Uh, sorry, January 28. So two days after Australia Day, 1992, during a preseason training camp at Rapid Bay, ironically named, it turned out, about 80 kilometers south of Adelaide. Good detail here, by the way. Um the Crows' first coach, Graham Corns, and his players had gone there for some bonding in an effort to improve on uh, the team's effort in winning 10 games in its first year. So they won 10 games, and he's gone, let's go for some preseason bonding. The club arranged for a motivational speaker whose favorite trick was to get so far inside people's minds wow. that they could walk over hot coals. Smart had read about him in an in-flight magazine and suggested the players do the same. Oh, so it's Smart's idea. Smart's like, you know, on one of his like, you know, yeah. long interstate trips has been flicking through the in-flight magazine, yeah. read his 10 questions about Delta Goodrum, and then moved on to this motivational speaker. 
Uh, the motivator spoke to them for more than three hours that afternoon. Then they all went outside where the quarry workers had used the remains of a huge bonfire to lay a bed of coals. So your quarry workers have done that. I would have thought that's your classic boot stutter territory, right? I would have thought you'd have to get a specialist in for a hot coal walk. I'm not sure that I want just some quarry workers doing yeah, it. Yeah, I reckon like much like the better nails, you know, the trick of the better nails is that you if you put the them body. all in the right... Yeah, you yeah. spread all the nails and you put them in the right position, you can lay on it without well, hurting yourself. You can't just get a chippy to bang a few nails in a boot <laughs> and just go, I'll have a lie down on that. It doesn't work like that. You need a specialist, right? And they're always cutting corners. You never know when they're going to turn up. Oh, mate, I'll be there between 9 and 5 p.m. Are you half finished with the job? I've been, I've literally been laying on a half-finished <laughs> bed of nails for the last six years. I've just been laying on a plank of wood with one nail in it. One it's nail. really painful. It's in my back. I have a piece of wood nailed in my back. <laughs> World's worst bed of nails layer. Uh, all right, um, here we go. Um, the motivator spoke for them three hours. Uh, the quarry workers made the bit of coals. It was supposed to have only been a couple of metres across. But the workers, no. who were not professional collators, uh, got carried away and made it half the length of a cricket pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I mean, odd too that that's the kind of unit of measurement that is like compared to half the length of a cricket pitch, unless that was the directive. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, why wouldn't you just say like three metres long? Yeah. So, still the players lined up, convinced that the hot ashes were cold as ice in their heads, right? Uh, being the one who came up with the idea, Smart wanted to be the first oh, <laughs> to do the walk. Oh, not so. Uh, he told his teammates that if everyone could go through this, then when the chips were down for the team, they could achieve anything. What kind of long-term psychological damage does this do? <laughs> right? Uh, Smart did the walk, but suffered first-degree burns. <laughs> both of his feet <laughs> which had to be put straight into a bucket of ice Bob Hammond the club president at the time now an AFL commissioner well at the time an AFL commissioner uh, who was at the camp called the fire walk off before any other player had a chance to follow Smart across I mean good call Bob but do you really think the other players were lining up to mate not committed not committed you, when it's your turn to go, Will, you go. That's how you know you've got a premiership team. Smart still has a chuckle when he thinks back to the incident, which made the news around the nation and led to the media giving him the nickname Not So. But he has no regrets. Wow. Mm, well, you don't you think really... there'd be some regrets? Yeah, that's just... I mean, don't get the quarry workers to lay the coals half a cricket pitch. That would be a regret. That's not very, yeah. Uh I still get reminded of it from time to time by the older supporters behind the goals. And, ex- <laughs> and expect a, a, a newfound a bump in interest. <laughs> yeah, hope you've got your Google alerts turned off. Uh, something I will never forget. But I did play in a trial game six days later. Okay, that's nice. pretty good. So I don't think too much damage was done. Oh, well, there you go. That's pretty good. Uh, off the field, a lot of people say smart is... <laughs> I love... Here's what I love. An AFL euphemism. Yeah. You know, when you hear somebody's a bit of a character, you're yeah. like, oh, fuck, he's on the pickers every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's one of these ones. Smart off the field. People say smart is different. Oh, yeah. So he's Alex Rance. <laughs> yeah, Alex Rance is different. He's, this weekend, he's camping in Daniloquim with Alex Rance. Yeah. Uh, he looks an intellectual type, but those at the club say he is no rocket scientist. Who the fuck? Jesus Christ. This is for his 250th. This is for his 250th. <laughs> this is his roast. Yeah. He's been roasted worse than the bottom of his feet on that hey. pre-season trip. Um, uh, 
It's just that Nigel is a bit of a deep thinker, says Adelaide Football Operations Manager John Reid. Uh, but he's a good lad, Nigel. A good lad. Jeez, that's how you describe like someone who has like developmental issues. <laughs> right. Uh, the fact that Smart is uh, such a thinker is sometimes used as the reason he can occasionally go missing in a game for no apparent reason. <laughs> this is a stitch-up. Like, it's not a great write-up for no. your 250th. No. By the way, he's an idiot yeah. who's a different cat uh, who burn his feet and sometimes goes missing in important I would games. love to know what the banner for this game, this 250th game read, just like, you're an idiot. You're not so. He's either on or off. <laughs> this is... This is for his 250th. He's either on or off. You don't get a lot of in-between with Nige, so he's not consistent. He's no. all over the place. Mercurial. Fortunately, all right. most times he's on. I can always tell in the first five minutes whether he's going to have a bad day. When that happens, I know you can nearly take him off. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> Fucking hell. This is brutal. Like, I think he feels like... He's essentially useless. If he's not on, we might as well just put a stacker. To be honest, some weeks, five minutes in, we're one player down for the rest of the game. Uh, Fortunately, most times he's on. Uh, I can always tell in the first five minutes if he's going to have a bad day. When it happens, I know you can nearly take him off. Tell him to have a shower. Go home. God, do you have to tell him? Does he forget? Sometimes five minutes in, he's having such a bad game that he'll forget to have a shower, forget to go home. So yeah, mate, if you don't tell him, he just stays out on the field. You have to tell him to have a shower, go home. Extra detail. You have to tell him to have a shower, go home, and we'll see you at training Tuesday. (laughs) Hell, not so. You have to write him a direction, show him some pictures of his family. Yeah, your name is Nigel. (laughs) We're going to write it on your hand. Uh, Smart made his AFL debut in the Crows' first game in the National League in 1991. It was against Hawthorne, Hawthorne. at Football Park That's in fair. front of a sellout crowd, and he played on champion full forward Jason Dunstall. The Crows won by a big margin. Smart still lists that game among his greatest memories as an AFL player. Uh, and this is Smart. This is what he says. Uh, but you have to be very lucky in football. If you haven't had any lows... I've been lucky enough to see this club develop into a very professional operation. Well, there you go. Nigel Smart. Uh, all right. Uh, so, uh, we it's raining here in Sydney today. Uh, raining, man. Raining. It's crazy. It's, it's raining a lot. Yeah. And uh, I looked at the weather forecast. And uh, If this was an AFL game, they would have called it off. Dangerous it, conditions. Well, it's settled in, and we are meant to be going to see an AFL game on Thursday night. And I yeah. think it's going to be incredibly... Incredibly wet, yeah, definitely. At, at that game, which is good. I want to see. I don't. You, every now and then, I don't mind seeing an old school like slog in the middle, guys just sliding in head first. You know, you get three goals will win you the game. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that suits the Bulldogs against the Swans. It's hard to tell with you the Swans. You guys are pretty what, tough. Yeah, but I think that like you know that quick hands and that sort of skillful thing and that running thing is where we're at our best. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, the good news is, I think because of this rain, there's no way they're going to bring Cloak back. I don't know if they're going to bring Cloak back in anyway, but I don't think in these conditions you bring Cloak back in in any way. And, it's and so, that's good, because that also, means I don't have to be publicly seen barracking for Cloak. <laughs> <laughs> it also takes Buddy out of the game a little bit, don't you think? I don't know. It's a bit hard to tell with Buddy. Like, he's not a high marker anyway. He's more like a chess marker anyway. Yeah. And, you know, he can kick goals from anywhere. Yeah, I don't know. Right. It's a bit hard to tell. In this season as well, he'll probably have a blind. Who knows with what's happening with the Swans, whether it'll be good or bad, but I think it's going to be wet. 
I was hoping it might be a big sellout, you know, full, you know, crowd, but maybe the rain. Will is it so? Is it away. meant to rain tomorrow as well? It's meant to rain for a week, oh, I right. believe. Okay. From the weather forecast on my phone, which I imagine is entirely reliable. So. <laughs> That is mostly set to this suburb, but I'm extrapolating for the rest of Sydney. The ground's not that far away from where I live. Yeah, the SCG is not is a uh, it's not a great wet weather ground. Like of all the open grounds compared to like Subiaco or Adelaide Oval or whatever, it does get into that glue pit. And because it's so small as well, those games end up being real like slugfests. I think yeah. I, I saw maybe it was a Saints game about three or four years ago, and, and I think. Yeah, the 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 winning margin was like six goals. Like that was that was the the winning team kicked six goals only for the game. I mean, there could be an upside. It could actually straighten up the Bulldogs kicking. Yeah, you, you know, there's that. a chance that we might kick 19 goals straight. That'd be good news. Is Liver back in your side yet? No. Well, I mean, this is the sort of game where you might. Think, yeah, that's okay, what I thought. He's a specialist. For you this know, kind bring of him stuff. back. Yeah, but um, also because you know it's a kind of game where Liver Liver's going to be doing some cheeky slap some mud in your opposition. You know, when you're getting off the ground, that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's I mean, like a little kid. Yeah, I imagine. No, I imagine a liver is like he lives his entire life like one of the wacky races. So I reckon even on the way to the ground, he'd like have some car that he drove in front of like the Sydney players and leaked oil out of the back. <laughs> like you know, there'd be little tacks that fell out of the back. I just feel like that's get in their head from the minute you get into Sydney. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he'd be good in this game, but I think there's still their kind of attitude with him is that he has to earn his way back in, and they're not sure that he has yet. So yeah, mate, be interesting to see. But you know. Grand final hero, you know, getting back against the, you know, I mean, the Swans would be pretty keen to win this one because obviously we, you know, like, I think that for the Swans, if they can't make the finals, the idea that they would like beat us at least would be. That's their some, next Yeah, that's yeah. their next thing. So, 100%. Yeah. And I'm doing the Swans president's dinner, lunch, whatever it is, you know, mm. before the game. So. Uh, Are there no Sydney Swan supporting comedians? Surely there's got to be a Well, bunch. Adam Spencer hosts their functions, right? And yeah. so Adam Spencer, friend of the podcast, uh, uh, he often sends us... He, he's like our stats man. Yeah. Like, he's our champion data. He's our Ash Chua, you know what I mean? Like, he's the guy we go to. He'll often just send us messages. He's like, the kingy. After the podcast comes out. Yeah, Adam Spencer's there in his war room, in yeah. his lab. Adam's there in his lab with Dr. Carl. Appropriate. Yeah. We should have a version. Genuinely, they probably are in a lab. I would love this because if we if we do another live version of this show at some stage, we should do that. We should set it up like the Fox Footy broadcast where we're in the middle, but at different times we can cross over to Adam Spencer in That'd the lab. That'd be great. <laughs> Um, so uh, he's hosting it, so it's like a Q and A. So I'm right. just doing a Q and A, but I can't imagine it will be a particularly friendly crowd, you know, for Bulldogs jokes. Because Swans, no- Swans tend to be fairly accommodating. I've gone to some opposition events at the at the Swans, and they're not as bad as like if you're in Adelaide or, or WA. Like we've talked about Sydney fans before, being probably the most genteel. Of all the AFL fans, There's, you I see, it's Charlie, but I don't want to make them choke on their sushi. Before <laughs> <the game. laughs> Good lord, I sped up my kombucha. <laughs> they're getting, they're, they're changing though. I am seeing, like, it used to be, I used to find it so weird. You go to a, a, a game at the SCG and see the Swans fans like chatting amongst each other very politely and you know just just really having a good time. There was none of that kind of like cutthroat fucking like lean over the fence, scream at people kind of stuff you see in Melbourne. Oh or, or, no, but I reckon the one that's changed it because because Sydney, I think, were happy about that and they'd been like that for a long time up here and they were different. They were yeah. from Sydney and this is how they enjoyed the football. You yeah. know, no, they didn't want to be like Melbourne because I think there's that very 
like Sydney thing of like Sydney doesn't look to Melbourne for inspiration. Yeah, like you know, Sydney does its own thing. Yeah, Sydney just does its own thing, right? Yeah. And they consider that everybody else will copy them. So I think they thought they were just like, no, no, this is how you do it. Yeah. But then they've seen GWS come in, and I know there's not many of their fans, yeah. but they are proper footy fans. Yeah. <laughs> like they are hardcore footy fans. Those people who love, like they're just like behind the goal, shouting abuse, like grabbing meat pies and fucking them. Like they are. <laughs> No eating sushi for your GWS fans. They are they are proper, proper hardcore footy fans. I would, and I reckon the Swans have seen that a bit as well and kind of gone, oh, hang on. Well, I'd like to know when the Swans, like, because I remember, you know, I first became aware of the Swans in the 90s, Ron Barassi going up there. And that was when it was like just a graveyard. They'd win one or two games for the year. And it was a really long, patient process for them to get, you know, Eden, Plugger, played finals, played in a grand final, and then obviously the Paul Ruse era. And that's when it feels like they got they really sunk their claws in. They got that really hardcore membership base. Like they pretty much sell out their membership every year, right? Like right. They, in terms of like the SCG and stuff. Absolutely. So I'd be I'd be interested to know where if it was like an incremental increase in membership or if it was like the premierships that suddenly got, you know, Sydney loves a winner. Oh, Sydney loves success. And that's always been the big thing. Like, I mean, I think Outside, and I think now because Buddy has been so good, yeah, that people are even they stuck. love they do love a marquee forward, don't they? Well, Tony they need Lockett, one. Barry Hall. The, the theory with Sydney was you always had to make the finals, so they had to recruit in a way that mostly had them in the finals to keep them relevant, mm. and you had to have a big marquee like player, a name you could sell. And you know, when the Buddy deal happened, like there was a lot of people from outside Sydney who really thought that deal wasn't going to work, or it was too much, or it was too long. The truth is, even if he doesn't play the last couple of years, I think they've got complete value out of that deal by this stage because Sydney needs that sort of player in the market or people aren't interested. The good news about GWS is they've got like 30 of those players. Yeah, I mean, how do you feel if you're Kurt Tippett? Because essentially when he was brought across, he was the marquee Ford. It's kind of like, you know... Yeah, yeah, your parents are divorced and, you know, your mum buys you like a, you know, a Commodore for your, for your 18th. But then your dad comes in and is like, oh, you like the Commodore? Got you a BMW. You're like, all right, don't think I'm going to be driving the Commodore too much. Oh, I'd like to think that Kurt Tippett uh, sees it more like, um, you know, say, for example, someone's like, hey, um, uh, I need you to build my house, but I'm going to pay you like heaps of money to build my house. And then uh, they go, oh, by the way, we actually got a, another builder in as well to help you. And he's uh, a better builder. And to be honest, you don't have to do as much anymore, <laughs> but we're still going to pay you exactly the same. I think Kurt Tippett would be like, oh, this is sweet. I'm getting overpaid and underworked. <laughs> do you think he regrets leaving Adelaide? No, I don't think so. I mean, I mean Tex Walker was always going to come along as well. So I think, chances yeah, are he'd be happened back home. Right. He, he could really be struggling to you know, be even in that Adelaide. You're right. He actually, now. he could actually be the luckiest. Like right. he actually made the right decision, went for the big money, knowing that he wasn't going to be number one at Adelaide or at Sydney. Yeah. It, I mean, it'd be great if you had that kind of presence of mind because everyone always hopes and thinks they're going to be a superstar. Yeah. But imagine if you know, like you go, I don't reckon I am that good. You know what you and are? Someone's willing to pay me like heaps of money. Fuck yeah, I'll take it. It's the cosy. Like right. it, most teams have a cosy. It's like, you know, the uh, the Tyrone Vickery or, you know, the Sam Reed. It's like the guy's like, oh, this guy looks like he's going to be awesome. Oh, you know what? He's going to be about a BB plus. Right. And he's still going to be in huge money. None of the responsibility, none of the expectation, huge money. Yeah. I reckon that's almost your perfect yeah, that- life. <laughs> unless you are an actual superstar. You know, yeah. unless you are one of those people who's like, oh, well, I want to be the best of the game and paid like the best of the game and like produce at the top level every week. Just be cozy. 
Just be Kozik. Yeah. And be happy. Yeah. Be a rich Kozik. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to see some young draftee, like drafted at about 30, and just go, you know what I'd really like? I'd like to have one good season, somebody overpay me, <laughs> and then kind of Kozik it around for four or five years, to be honest. It's <laughs> my real dream. My plan is to have a run of like four games in the middle of the season where I get yeah. three three best on grounds from the Brownlow, but then after that, not do that much. Yeah, I'd, I'd really like to just be lucky enough to desperately need to fill a couple of holes yeah. so a team gets into a bidding war based on three or four good games I had by accident. Yeah. And then for the rest of my life, not measure my food or anything. I'm just going to try hard enough. I might throw in some bizarre injuries along the line as well that rule me out for a year. Oh, I'm definitely going to miss <laughs> some weeks with a thing that no one knows. <laughs> I'm going to have a sore knee or leg. At one stage in a marking contest, I will knee myself in the head and knock myself out. I'll take an imaginary mark preseason. <laughs> Cozzy. <laughs> Just Cozzy it up. Yeah, mate. Yeah, well, Vickery's a Cozzy, isn't he? Like, he's yeah. a classic Cozzy. Yeah, I don't understand how, uh, like, Viron, Viron, did Tyrone Vickery get to his level? Because at some point, because he, he's getting paid really well. I think he's like right. in a five $600,000 category. But I don't ever remember there being like a year where he was like all Australian or... But there must have been. There must have been a period in which it's like... Maybe it was just all on potential. Yeah, a lot of potential. A lot of glimpses and a lot of going, oh, this could be anything if it comes together. I yeah. mean, I think at the Bulldogs, like you could say quite easily that Tom Boyd is still in that will he go one way or the other. Like yeah. Tom Boyd... Could be Cozzy. Yeah. You know, but at the moment, he's still got that kind of enough potential that you're like, oh, maybe you'll be a little bit better. Than well, that. after Cozzy, our next Cozzy was Reese Stanley. Like, Reese right. Stanley was, you know, <laughs> over 200 centimetres. And he, I think he, he he seemed to time it that he would have one good game every 18 yeah. months. Against the Bulldogs. And tantalising. And like, it didn't matter what team he was playing for. Because, like, I think he t- got five against this, like, when he played for Geelong. He's at Geelong now, He's right? Geelong now, yeah. Yeah, I think he kicked five goals against us last year in his one good game of that year. <laughs> Just cause he did up. Fucking. Yeah, I well, I mean that's the thing, right? Like those sort of players that you go, Yeah, this is, I can see, but you can't do it every week. Well, it's cause they're so unique. If you get like a tall marking forward, you can build a team around that. Like, you know, halfback flankers are a dime a dozen, but if you get one of those kind of guys and he shows and he gives a glimpse at one or two games. Well, Especially because there's that thing of big guys take longer to develop. Yeah. So, you know, you've got it with Boyd, we've got it with Paddy McCartan. It's like, okay, four or five years into the game. When are we going to start seeing some return? Are you just going to cozy it up or are you going to become Tom Hawkins? And it is one of those things where you have to hold your nerve, isn't it? Because I remember still to this day, you know, uh, when Gary Ablett Jr. started playing. And like the first couple of seasons, if you go back and look at some of the press around him, people thought he was going to be at best an ordinary player. And he turned out to be like the greatest player of like this generation, basically. Yeah. And so I think with most players, we go a bit like we get too excited about someone who has a couple of good seasons early on. Because it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to you know, keep playing at that level. Yeah. And the other thing is that sometimes I do think we are very quick to write people off. Yeah. Well, we have to write articles. I mean, the, the Tom Hawkins one is the classic. It took him five years yep. to become good. And he came good in a grand final. Or was it a grand final? Or yeah. A, yeah, it was the Collingwood grand final, right? Yeah. But I remember like people bagging Tom Hawkins for that first five years. He's too fat. He's too slow. He's no good. And then he becomes like the number one powerful of the last... Five years. Yeah, and he was really the precursor of these forwards that look like... Old-fashioned. Old-fashioned men. Yeah, like, like 1920s is- bodybuilders. Like, yeah. he should be holding, like, a, a <laughs> way to the, the two big black balls on a, on a rod. 
You know, like a circus weightless yeah. strongman. We- wearing some sort of onesie. Yeah. <laughs> like some sort of leotard. Yeah, a little curly moustache. <laughs> and Tom Hawkins, kind of, that's a name you could see, like on an old circus poster. Him and Charlie Gardner. <laughs> when he was at the Cats. Charlie Gardner and Tom Hawkins. Yeah, he definitely has that that look, doesn't he? Well, you know the the best example of this at the moment, of course, is Tex. <laughs> well, <laughs> he actually looks like a circus strongman. Oh no, I was going to say of the the overplayed. Oh, you know the, the play. So Shaki, there's all this, you know, oh, like yeah. Shaki who's playing in the two. Like Nineteen can't years get old. Get a couple of touches. He's nineteen, and people are going, "I'll give you six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars to go somewhere else." I mean, that's just one of those worlds where you're like. It must send you crazy. Well, I guess they, that, I mean, the common wisdom, isn't it, is that your draft is going to have a lot more midfielders and key position players. Yeah. So I think that was the thinking with St Kilda getting Paddy McCartan over Petraka is we had just seen what the Bulldogs had done for Boyd. And it's like, well, if the Bulldogs are willing to spend that much money and make that much of a fucking investment, then maybe we should grab the best key forward in this year's draft because we don't know when one's going to come along again and we don't want to have to pay fucking $9 million over 10 years. Yeah, well, it's one of those things where, like, out of the 18 teams, if you get 18 picks in the draft, you reckon you're probably going to get a decent enough midfielder or halfback flank or whatever, you know, running sort of player. There's going to be, like, 20, 25, probably 40. But, like, you know, in that top 40, if you draft someone who's a midfielder, Chances are they'll play AFL football and they'll probably be a pretty decent player. Yeah, but and probably get like 100 games out of them as well. But there's not necessarily 18 big guys. No. Like in the whole draft where every team gets a go at like having a big guy every year. So if they come along and you have a chance to get one, I think you do have to do it. But yeah, get yourself a big boy is what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take that out of context. All right. Well, let's have a look. Speaking of big men uh, dominating games, let's have a look at the first one, which was uh, way back last Thursday night. Uh, in Adelaide, the Port Adelaide uh, Power. Third, um, somebody asked on the Facebook this week if I could read out the entire scores. Okay, really? Uh, yeah, some people listen overseas and they don't actually watch the games, which is good because often we don't watch the games either. Okay. Uh, but they'd like to know. So Port, Port kicked thirteen twenty, so that could have been A much massacre. more nasty. Yeah. Uh, 98, uh, and Hawthorne, who did not score for the first half, basically, uh, 7-5-47. Uh, well, two things in this. Firstly, Paddy Ryder, gee, he is pretty good. Very, very good, isn't he? He's having one of those seasons where you're just like, you know, this is really, you know, you can tell why Port Adelaide are doing so much better this season. And it's got a lot to do with Paddy Ryder. Um, Charlie Dixon. Yep. The much maligned on this podcast by me, mostly. Charlie Dixon. uh, He's, you know, he seems to be turning into the footballer that, you know, everybody thought he could be. But we joked last week about when will Hawthorne die? Like, you know, when will Mike Myers finally be killed? And in that first half, I actually thought they were going to lose by like 100 points. And if Port Adelaide had kicked straight, it probably could have been. But yeah, it, it it looks... pretty much over now doesn't it we can well, say that the, safely the, well the weird thing was because they were in Adelaide at half time uh, Alistair Clarkson actually got Nigel Smart in <laughs> and uh, said to them he goes okay guys are you got to play the second half then you've got to get on a plane <laughs> then you've got to <laughs> have go a have a shower you've got to go home and you've got to be at training on Tuesday <laughs> yeah that um, that's it. Well, even Clarko post game was uh, like well we're yeah. probably not going to win it this year yeah and, and- Clarko saying that is well, two you, two things happened, which is like, yeah, you, you realise Hawthorne, they're done. And then Port Adelaide, you're like, holy fuck. Like, yeah. if they bring this kind of football against GWS or, or, or the Doggies or, 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 or the Crows, then 
they could win for sure. Oh, I think it's going to be one of those seasons where if you make the eight, I don't reckon there's going to be a team in the eight at the end of the season that we can't make an argument for them winning the whole thing. Mm, because, on the, yeah, on the right run. Right, on the right run. You know, the difference with the, the weeks off and all these sort of things that not, not everybody has got their head around yet. We still don't know if finishing in the top four is an advantage or a disadvantage at the moment because of the extra week off. Like, you know, all these sort of things come in. They are yeah. a good team though, Port Adelaide. They I- they look good. I am loving watching Luke Hodges' farewell tour. Like there was a great moment where um, you know Sam Powell Pepper, who's a little hard nut himself, you know, grabbed the ball and just tried to barge through Hodgie, and Hodgie's like, mate. <laughs> mate, 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 mate. When it came to barging through mate. blokes, I invented it. You just yeah. see, mate. I watched. Uh, look, mate. I don't know if you saw Bontempelli embarrass me last year in the fucking finals. <laughs> that is not happening again. I, if we're doing nothing else this year, I'm going to go around and teach some young fuckers a lesson. Yeah, it's just, it's just awesome. I mean, he's not been, he's not been untoward or doing anything outside the rules of the game. No, there's definitely a little. All right, I'm going to show a few whippersnappers. You know, I'm going to go out in style. Well, it's also that thing of you using what you've got left. Yeah. Like, because the thing about Luke Hodges, we, I, I mean, I say this all the time. You talk about that draft. Like, Chris Judd, like, you know, Chris Judd has gone from I'm never going to do media to going out in the real world and now has been in the media for years. <laughs> and Hodges still playing. Yeah. You know, Ball's been out for like, you know, years. five years, six years, like more, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. So the fact that. that he is still playing football at this level, that's probably wrong, by the way. We'd like to prematurely retire. <laughs> we have no idea. Like, we have like, no idea. It's funny, you know, time is not linear, nor is our yeah. perception of players like playing or retirement. Yeah. Luke Ball retired in 1992, <laughs> right? January 28, 1992. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I do think he's like one of those guys that. He's one of those guys who still has other things in his game. That's why he's been able to play for so long. It's not necessarily because he's been more athletically durable. And he's or still whatever. like one of the best kicks in their team. Like and it, he has that great thing of you know, still being able to play a role in organization. And he mm. just has those other aspects of his personality and his game and whatever, where he can still impose himself on the game without having to actually physically you know, impose himself on the game. If you think Mitchell and Lewis had stayed, do you reckon it would have made enough of a difference to lift them somewhere around the top eight? Somewhere around, and I think that would have been terrible. Yeah. Because it would have just been, I reckon, they one of those years where they wouldn't have made the eight, They would have, and it would have been one of those things where you're a year, another year behind and in no your development. And no youngsters, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, even this argument about Mitchell, like they're saying over at West Coast that, you know, Prittis is having a worse year because Mitchell is there. Because the ball that Prittis used to get, Mitchell's just getting in that same place. So it's not really improving them any. Mm. It's just meaning that, like, Essentially, Prittis is now fucking being cozied. <laughs> Just enjoy it, Prittis. Just cozy it up. Just fucking whack on your brown low and fucking just cozy it up, mate. Injure yourself in a bizarre way next exactly. round. Exactly. Yeah. Knee or leg soreness of some yeah. kind. Get some fucking syndesmosis. Faint on a national on live yeah, cross. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right, so that was Port Adelaide. Was there anything else out of that game? That was- no, nah, I was really impressed with Port. I, I, I actually, I've been. I don't know why I've been holding, holding off so long because they've had a pretty good year and they've had some good games. But it was one of those things, a bit like Geelong, where I was like, eh, I don't know. But then I'm like, okay, no, definitely, yeah. you could see them winning. Absolutely. Did you see the two security guards who were still on the ground when the game started? No. When they bounced the ball, at the what? Start, there was still two security oh, guards essentially standing like in the center square, really? still on the ground. How did they not know? They just must have got distracted when they were singing Never Tear Us Apart or whatever. <laughs> did they have to stop the game? No, they just ran off. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, we all. And they got tackled by other security. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they tackled each other. That, I think that was the issue.
All right, the next game of the round uh, was on uh, Friday night, and this was uh, Geelong and Adelaide uh, down at Simmons Stadium mm. uh, for the opening of a new stand. They put in four more seats. And uh, Geelong, 13-18-96, defeated the Adelaide Crows, 10-14-74. And as you were saying, this is one of those things where you're just like, okay, well, Port Adelaide and Geelong are probably both. Both yeah. legitimate. Well, like, they weren't going to make the finals. Uh, according to me. Yeah. Hawth- but according to me, Hawthorne were. So <laughs> it turns out I was wrong. I'd like to revisit who we thought was going to make the finals and, and see how many of them we actually think we're going to get right. Because, I mean, at this stage, if you're looking at the ladder... I think I had Sydney second. Yeah, see, yeah. I mean, well, how could you not have Sydney? I think I had GWS in Sydney, like, right up the top. No, terrible. Anyway, this I, I can't imagine there's too many people... That have like you know, absolutely nailed how this season was going to turn out. Not right? at all. I think I've, I think I even maybe last round or something I got no tips right. <laughs> it's, it's one of those. It's it honestly is one of those things where this season just almost every single game, you know, one team or the other could win, which is really fantastic for football. Do you think the sheen has gone off Adelaide now? No, we were, we were waxing lyrical about them six rounds in. Yeah, but I mean it's hard to beat Geelong down there. Mm. Well, that's a thing. Geelong are a Victorian team with a home ground advantage, right? That helps a lot. Yeah, and I know, and they're all this like on this thing about like that they should have a final down there, and I'm like, yeah, okay. I guess if you're playing a team that you're only going to get thirty thousand people there, i.e., I, I, if you're playing GWS, GWS yeah. in a home final, which I don't think is going to happen, but um, otherwise, I just I, I don't you're know. in Victoria, mate. Right. It's only an hour. I mean, the Bulldogs- I mean, the Saints players have to drive that far to get to their fucking training ground. I mean, that's a good point. The Saints should demand a home final <laughs> yeah. in Seaford. Yeah. <laughs> We can cater it from the subway. <laughs> uh, all right. So Geelong, uh, Geelong were very impressive in this yet again. Yeah. Selwood did his regulation get smashed in the head in the first five minutes. I mean, he, I mean, there's been a bit of debate this week about whether he's reckless or whether he's just courageous, but it's like one of those things where it's one of those. It's, it's always in certain name, right? Every year. It's like before that it was John O'Brown. Like, well, it's certain types of players. Yeah. And it is. That- and I don't think that. That that where he got clipped, I don't think that was his fault. Like he was just going for a mark. It was the player who interfered, did the wrong thing. Right. Yeah, and you want him to be like that. That's, that's But he his does role. fall like a stunt man, you know what I mean? Like you know, if you're a stunt man, you you, you you learn certain ways of like hitting the deck. Like when he goes down, it always looks pretty good. <laughs> well that's the thing. It's dramatic. About, well, the great thing about him is he's rarely out, right? Yeah. He's rarely like ever hurt bad enough that he can't play again the next week or can't play again in like three minutes. Yeah. He just goes out there, you know, well, I mean, pre bandaged. Like he's you know, if they were gonna remake the mummy in Australia, he would be the lead character in it because he, but I also think that he now, because he has, like like you said, like a stump man or like a wrestler, like yeah, a professional wrestler, wrestler. that's better, yeah. Like he has that way that he knows how to fall. He knows how to like, you know, like, I mean, the thing that he gets criticized is that, you know, he ducks, he ducks a little, but he, he doesn't duck. He drops at his knees, you know, he lowers his whole body. It's not like he ducks his head down. He kind of lets his knees fall away and then people's arms go up around his head. And I think that his skin on his head too is just so thin now yeah, that you I don't mean, really need to like. He looks, he's one of those guys who's handsome from a distance, but then when you see him close up, it's like, oh, wow, he looks, his face looks like dough. Yeah. Well, his face is never fully cooked. Like, there's never a time where it's not actually just bleeding or something's falling out of his face. He's got like six brows. Oh, you know what he's like? He's actually like a zombie that's trying to pretend it's human. So it's like, you know, it's decomposing, but it's like putting makeup over its face every week. He's like, hang on, did I just knock off Joel Selwood's nose? Did his nose just fall off in my head? 
but yeah, they're good. Pat- Patrick Dangerfield uh, during the week uh, wrote a really great article. I thought about um, Alex Fasolo, mm. and he spoke about. Did you see this article? I didn't and see the article. It was it was fantastic. He, well, he, can I on the Fasolo thing? Because yeah. I only sort of caught fringe uh, discussions about it, but. The idea that Fasolo was back at training days after announcing his depression and I mean, I don't know if anyone was kind of like saying he was making it up, but there was definitely a sense of like, oh, what's going on here? Uh, Robbo's tweet pretty much was implying that he was making it up. Was it? Was what? Do, do you remember what the quote was? I, I, I will I will look it up because he does like he it was completely um, insensitive. Like, right. You know, I, I think in light of the fact that we do Was know, he making a joke that didn't go over that well? Well, or? here's the thing about Robbo. You For a guy tell. who's a journalist, <laughs> he's not amazingly good with words. No. I mean, this is coming hot off the heels about how he told us that that kiss between Aaron Phillips and her wife at the <laughs> AFL Women's <laughs> was, like, was really hot and turned him on. So he's probably not the guy to go for incisive, up to the minute. Progressive. Jeez, they fucking... Like, isn't that one of those ones where... At the Herald Sun, they went from Mike Sheehan, who still to this day is one of the best football commentators around. I hear him on SEN and you just go, you just listen to Mike Sheehan on every issue. He's just such a good, you know, broadcaster. And Open Mike's just a fantastic show. And then they gave the job to fucking Robbo. Yeah. Isn't that like when... Wouldn't you love to see Open Robbo? Like... (laughs) Think about how Mike Sheen handled Jacko, for instance, because Jacko was just there to fucking start shit. And Mike was just like a patient parent, just stuck to the questions, didn't like, didn't get sucked in. Can you imagine Robbo in the same situation? It also to be one of those things where it'd be like, they'd show the package of highlights from the thing and it'd be like, tonight on Open Robbo. <laughs> so, what I'm, uh, uh, and whatever are you? That's the puppet robot too. <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. Uh, under the headline, uh, Mark Robinson apology for tweet about Collingwood's Alex Fasolo. So this is from the Herald Sun, which is the newspaper that Mark Robinson does write for. He's the uh, the chief football writer at the Herald Sun. Uh, that's very much like, you know, being in a long-term relationship with someone your family really like, you know, the Mike Sheen type. Yeah. And then like, they re- like yeah, you get a divorce <laughs> and you just hook up with a nightmare. Everyone in the family is like, oh, he's not coming at Christmas, is he? He's going to get drunk and rant at me about how hot it is that female athletes kiss. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, this is his apology. Robinson said, I am deeply sorry to Alex and the Collingwood Football Club. I acknowledge an error of judgment and I was wrong. Uh, now, I don't believe this has actually come from Robbo because there's no R's or R's <laughs> in here at all. Uh, I accept the tweet made light of mental health issues and I shouldn't have published it. So there you go. Right. Um, so let's see if we can actually find the, the tweet itself. Might have deleted it. Um, yeah, I know, but there must be, there'll, there'll be something here. Uh, here we go. Mark Robinson's insensitive. Uh, yeah, here we go. All right. Uh, read, uh, read it as Robbo. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 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 it's not Arnie. <laughs> uh, Jared, 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 uh, Jared, uh, Jared. Uh, good drugs. Uh, uh, clinical depression on Tuesday. Uh, training Thursday. Yeah, that's not good right. drugs. Clinical depression on Tuesday. Training Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Unless he was hundred so percent, unless he's hundred percent sincere about that, this is this is uh, in reply to uh, 
So Glenn McFarlane mm. uh, had tweeted, fantastic to see Alex Vasolo back on track for Collingwood Football Club just days after news he was battling depression and taking a break from the game. So Glenn McFarlane's gone, oh, well, that's great. Mm. Because sometimes, you know, uh, two things that... Uh, are good for people who are de- have depression are uh, you know, being in some environment where they might have some sort of routine and also the idea exercise. of doing some physical exercise. So probably great that he's back at training and also surrounded by his mates and you know, you know doctors and stuff who can help him with it, right? Yeah. He's in rehab. It's the same as like if we're going to treat mental illness like other illness, which is what we should be doing, like, you know, you don't have the guys like, um, you know, hurt his ankle on the weekend going, well, fuck, you can't be around the club. <laughs> No, no, you can't come in and have treatment on that ankle, you weakling. Uh, so Robbo's, yes, weighed in with good drugs, clinical depression on Tuesday, training Thursday, which to me means that you are doubting that it was clinical depression. All he needed to change is one word in that tweet. If it was good news, clinical right. depression on Tuesday. <laughs> like, maybe it was a maybe it was a kafefe moment. Like, Robbo just hit the wrong, you know, got or like spell checked or something like that. So sorry, guys. I just picked up my drug paper and I went to, oh, shit. Sorry, news paper. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought Ben Cousins had a problem with news. I'm so sorry. I always get those two words confused. So what did um, Danger write? So Danger wrote this great article. And uh, uh, so oh, here's a bit of just uh, side byplay. Uh, Spud Frawley, Danny Frawley, uh, sometimes he, he follows me on Twitter and sometimes he'll retweet things that I, th- uh, that I tweet uh-uh. uh, under his uh, at Spud says uh, moniker. But he retweeted me retweeting. <laughs> so it was a very long light. So I retweeted a Danger's article and then Spud retweeted my retweet of Danger's article, but added like a, a quote. He, a quote, quote. he quoted the he tweet. He quoted the tweet. And, yeah. And I was just like, well, there you go. Me and Spud just having a little bit of byplay. Good to see that Spud and I are on the same page. Not about everything. I think some of his uh, China material wasn't really what I would have gone with. But uh, but it was this article where he himself, and this is what I liked about it, was he himself, uh, he stood up. And there was two things, really, because he's been quite vocal on the idea on... Uh, talking footy on Monday night, he said that the AFL players were really pissed off about the fact that Robbo had got off so lightly and that, like, if Robbo was chief amongst the football riders who would, like, you know, hang an AFL player. Like, he used the example of, like, when... uh, What was old mate? uh, Carla from the Saints. Jake Carla. Jake Carla liked that tweet. Remember he liked that tweet? And they talked about it for a week that he'd liked the tweet. And Danger's like, well, come on. You know, it should be the same the other way. But he wrote an article uh, about how he himself, you know, the the life of the AFL footballer and how, you know, the constant pressure to, you know, perform and be reviewed and all those sort of things and told a story about going through like a really hard time, you know, in Adelaide and he wasn't having a good time. But one of his teammates tweeted him one day or messaged him one day and said you know i just even though you're not playing well at the moment i enjoy playing with you and well i don't know if he said i enjoy playing with you. <laughs> no, no, no. That might be a whole different revelation yeah. by... that was his junior coach it was very creepy yeah and robbo's like that's really hot <laughs> <laughs> but i like the way that patrick dangerfield is kind of you know, he, he clearly sees himself as a leader of not yeah. only on the field, but like a leader off the field, you know, with the players and, and you know. 100%. He's got his, I mean, he'll be another guy. Like, we were talking off air about Nick Del Santo and how good Nick Del Santo is as a media performer. And you could ease, I mean, Danger's already doing it. He comes in for special comments and stuff. He does whole weekend shifts. I know. Like, you're playing, <laughs> I know, it's you're playing on a Friday night and then he'll co-host radio and said, I'm like, 
Mate, you don't need a side job. People <laughs> complain about AFL players not having a job anymore. Patrick Dangerfield's got five. He's got a newspaper column. He's doing regular radio. I caught an Uber over here and bloody danger was driving. Five stars, though. <laughs> yeah, Best definitely. Uber ride you've ever oh, mate, had in your entire life. He's great in heavy traffic. I mean, seriously, <laughs> just dodging around other cars. Great acceleration. I mean, brilliant. Uh, all right, uh, let's move on. So, uh, Saturday, uh, the Gold Coast Football Club, mm. uh, 11-14-80 at Metricon, mm. uh, beat the West Coast Eagles 11-11-77. Oh, After the game, Gary Ablett, a junior, was being interviewed, Charlie, yeah. and he started his interview by saying, well, West Coast are a really good team. Thoughts? <laughs> Disagree? <laughs> Uh, look, this is it, West Coast fans. I tipped them last week right. because I said you guys need to prove to me that they're a good team. Yeah, it's true. And you failed to do that. And I must admit, a few people have contacted me, West Coast supporters, to say your assessment may have been on the money. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they're not good. Do you think I'll make the eight? Well, there's someone... They still should make the eight, right? But it's getting uh, it's going to get tighter for them. Yeah. I mean, someone did point out to me that the tag of flat track bullies is actually nonsensical because they don't bully anyone anymore you know they lose at home they lose away like they're not bullying anyone they're just middling at the moment but it's not a bad position to be in if you're middling in fact in- they're the they're not the flat track bullies anymore they're the more away track bullied <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should be looking at it the other way it's the upside down world because they're uh, not actually bullying anyone at home no. but they go interstate and they get bullied all the time they're the victims we've been victim blaming charlie the whole time I didn't see um, I didn't see this game, but did uh, Rodney Ede feel the need to get a head massage at halftime? Uh, I think Rodney Ede would be very happy. They're suddenly like this is the thing about Gold Coast for a team that a couple of times this season have looked completely awful. They're not out of the finals race again now. No, and but, you know, and their best players when they're at their best. Yeah. I mean, Lynch is fantastic. Ablett's fantastic. They've got a lot of, but you just can't rely on them though, can you? No, they're so flaky. I mean, they 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 really are. If they're modelling themselves over one of their big brothers in the AFL, it feels like, you know, Richmond or or Frio might be like a good example for them. But I don't know. I don't trust West. Even if they did make finals, I couldn't see Rocket keeping his job. It just doesn't feel like the right fit. Stephen May. Well, that Stephen May thing, the word that you keep hearing about that is that he wants to re-sign, but he wants certainty one way or the other about the coach. And normally when somebody says they want certainty one way or other about the coach, the certainty they want is that fuckwit's not going to be around <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I mean, I like Rocket. I don't want, like, I mean, I think he's, regardless of what happens, I think he'll probably leave them in better shape than they were in when he got there. They had a lot of problems at that club. And I think... You know what I'd love to see? Gold Coast identity... Malcolm Blight take over the Suns. Oh, Kooky, because really? he's just gotten more and more insane as the years have gone on. Can you on. imagine Malcolm Blight and Tony Cochran as a double? Oh, my God, it'd be amazing. <laughs> they would, Statler and Waldorf. They would be the Statler and Waldorf of the <laughs> AFL. Just two eccentric nutbags on the Gold Coast. <laughs> that would get me. With a platform to express their views. And that should be their angle. Because yeah. you know how every team needs an angle. We've been trying to work out what Gold Coast identity is. Yeah. And the problem is that the only Gold Coast identity that people really associate and the one that they get caught up in those AFL teams is they go up there and they get involved in the strip clubs and yeah. the nightlife and the drugs and stuff like that. 
Whereas what they really need to get involved in is the eccentric billionaires. Yeah, sort of, yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, go to, go to the golf clubs on the Gold Coast. Right. Find those retired ex-Victorian maniacs. Just a whole lot of nutbags <laughs> who've like bought condos up on the Gold Coast <laughs> and get them involved. Oh, I would cl- love a club of... Because every like... Like it's like the wrestling again. You need that sort of comic character. Yeah. And I think Gold Tony Coast Cochran can can't do that. Tony Cochran needs to cozy it up a bit. Bring in Malcolm Blight and Cochran can cozy it. Yes, exactly. That's yeah. We don't need Cochrane doing all that. Yeah, he, the Cochrane crazy is a threats to other clubs about <laughs> poaching his players and stuff. Like, I mean, Tony- well, that's the problem too because Cochrane's like really into that. He was into Gold Coast. He, he was into going to China. He was into the whole thing. And then you've got Ede. He's, he, you don't need a straight man with Cochrane. Yeah, that's, that's the right. problem, you right? Can't, you can't have two fun. It's like you, the you problem don't want Rodney E going, oh, it's actually going to be really hard and we have to travel for a long time and sensible. You don't need that. Yeah. You need to like take the lid off the madness. You or, need a facilitator. Although, is it like the Ghostbusters reboot, which didn't work because they had four Venkmans? Like, you need some straight guy to have your funny guy. Like, if you've got two maniacs competing for attention, do you have to... Can, is there enough room for two insane people? Well, maybe it could be like the Gold Co- the Ghostbusters reboot and we'll just replace all the Gold Coast players with the best female players <laughs> <laughs> in the AFL and they can play out of the Gold Coast. Uh, all right. Well, th- the Gold Coast were good in this though. you got to give them credit. West Coast probably should have won it in the end. And Do you reckon losing JJ Kennedy is like bigger than they thought? Spiritual leader, mate. Must be. Well, we've installed him as a yeah. spiritual leader. It's a question we posed at the start of the year. Who is West Coast? And I'm installing JJK. I think he is there. Has to be, right? No, I think I think that's what we've discovered through this process is he is their spiritual leader. Although, like, doesn't a spiritual leader, it's like their value system or, you know, their persona seeps into the fabric of the club. I don't see a lot of personality. Like, he's a big personality, right. Kooky. I don't see a lot of that. I think that's the problem with West Coast. They need to embrace... More of the JJK. Well, I will say this. Like, their player that, I mean, somebody said it during the week. I'd, I don't know. I'd attribute it if I could. But um, at the airport, I think it might have been on SEN. It might have been Finey, who's uh, he's very... Yeah. <laughs> Measured in his responses. Yeah. So, uh, he, he basically said, you know, like, at the airport, they have all the things that you can't take on a plane. At the Western Australian airport, one of those things should be Mark Lacroix. <laughs> and... <laughs> Barney from downtown. So maybe the Frenchman is the actual spiritual leader because he's indicative of the troubles they have. No, no, you've you've confused. Oh, uh, uh, what have I confused? Spir- with, spiritual leader with barometer. It's a good point. The Frenchman is their barometer. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah, uh, I don't know about. I don't feel like West Coast should worry. I feel like they could have a year where they, if they make finals or not, they'll get um, Nat Nui back. Kennedy will be back. They'll be all right. Adam Simpson, how will it, would he be? Like, I mean, they're pretty harsh over there. How many years has he there. been there? I mean, a while, and they've they've been okay. But you'd have to start to think, you know, like I, West Coast are pretty ruthless about that sort of stuff. Yeah, and they ex- they demand excellence. Yeah, be interesting, interesting to see. Uh, all right, the next game of the weekend, uh, the GWS uh, Giants. Uh, 18-9 at 117. I took on uh, the Essendon Bombers, 15-11, 101. This was one of those games where I thought, I watched this and GWS were super impressive. And I didn't think Essendon ever played that well. So it's interesting to me how close it was in the end. You know, because it was one of those games where you always thought that like, you know, GWS were the better team. Mm. I think they're still gettable. I know they've got a heap of players out and all those sort of things. I think that we're so impressed by... When they're playing well. When they're playing well, that we look over the fact that they still let teams stay in the game and stuff like that. So yeah. I, 
I still think they're beatable, but gee, was this? I didn't impressive. see this game. Was this up at Star Trek? Is it Star Trek Arena? No, what's it called? No, it was a, it was at uh, well, it, it was at JDL, but What's their Isn't thing it called? Spotless. Spotless. Yeah, Star spotless? Trek Arena. I don't know Star Trek Arena. I don't know. I'm just completely made know. that up. Yeah, um, yeah. I saw some highlights of this. So, is it true that uh, Tim Woody got run down? Yeah, for the first time in his life. Yeah, it's uh, there was one of those games where him. Danaher, like a few of the, like, you know, there was glimpses, but I, I think Tip and Woody probably had his worst game I've seen him play so far. Um, oh, thank you to the listener too, who was at the game, who sent us a very blurry photo of Joe Danaher on the field, pointing out that, yes, his head is indeed very small. Yeah. I mean, that's great. I mean, still, it's just a blurry photo. It's well, not yeah, conclusive I'm- evidence. It's more user Bruder footage stuff. <laughs> Well, we uh, this was the game of the pinheads, as we mentioned last yeah. week, because of John O'Patton. But Patton um, was good, I thought too. He had actually. It was one of those games the where general. you were like, "Oh, hang on, hang on." He because sometimes with him, you think, "Oh, maybe he won't be as good. Maybe he'll be the Cosy." But I don't think he's the Cosy. I think he's better than Cosy. If he wasn't a power forward and he still had, was John O'Patton, would he get the nickname the general? Like if he was a, uh, if he was like a lightly lightly built back flanker, would he still be called the general? I mean. The general suits a big, tall, strong power forward, but are you going to call like a flighty receiver general? Yeah, no, probably not. No. No. You- They'll probably call him Oswald. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got a lot of messages about uh, about John O'Patton in his head this week on the website, and there was uh, one uh, theme that kept coming up all the time, which was uh, one particular character, which I'll post on the, um, on the website uh, this week. But uh, you'll know the movie... That, uh, Super Mario Brothers? The Super Mario Brothers movie, yeah. right? <laughs> one of the Goombas. This image came up constant. Like, I mean, it was one of those things where, like, if one person sends it, you're like, oh, that's funny. But there was, like, four or five people who just saw him, sent a picture of his head and then a picture of fucking Goomba. <laughs> and you were like, I mean, it's hard to argue. Yeah. So I imagine Goomba would probably be his nickname. <laughs> right, that's not some racial slur. <laughs> oh. Is it? I don't know. I think I think they're called. Just type in G double O M B A H. Okay, G double O M B A H. Goomba. Uh, oh no, it doesn't have an. Oh yeah, okay. Um, is, is it the thing from Super Mario Brothers? So uh, Goomba. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, I've gone. I've gone to Wikipedia here now. Uh, also, oh, so you've spelled it correctly, but it's also spelled uh, with a B-A at the end, no okay. H. Um, uh, or even with a U, a lot of, is a slang term. God, oh. please. Oh, no, really? Oh, no. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, I mean, kind of. Yeah, but, okay. But, okay. We'll get away with it. Is a slang term referring to people of Italian descent. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, with connotations to the mafia or gangs. So okay, it's mostly right. like, About you know, organized crime. Organized crime, yeah. bad guys. Marcus Bontempelli is a Goomba. I don't think he's a Goomba. <laughs> I don't think that Marcus Montempelli was a Goomba, but I think that perhaps, you know, at one stage, the Carlton Football Club was mostly run by Goombas. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, so GWS right. went to the top of the ladder after that game. Yeah. Now, they've got a couple of outs still. I mean, oh, uh, Ryan Griffin, the former... Bulldogs captain uh, who went up to GWS to get himself a premiership. Looks like that's not going to happen because... <laughs> Don't take the smile off your face, <laughs> smarmy prick. No, I like Ryan Griffin. and I'm. But yeah, 12 weeks, I reckon, with an ankle injury. I heard. What, your, did he just come back and then go out again? Uh, he hurt himself at training, yeah. So Well, right. But he was out. He hasn't played this year, right? Well, he's, uh, he, I think or he played a couple played. of games, but he's barely played. Yeah, yeah right. so he's going to be out for the rest of the season. How old would he be now? Late 20s, 30s? Yeah, something like that. He so, could still get a flag. 
Yeah, he could, but he, he's... I mean, he's, there's a lot of good players at the club. Well, he's getting to the point where you'd be unsure whether he's in their best 22. That's what I would say. Yeah. Um, and uh, I heard your uh, next-door neighbour... Uh, well, not next-door. Next-door neighbour. Neighbour. Your neighbour, Dylan Shield, uh, be interviewed on the weekend. And they were talking to him about, you know, whether he might... Uh, be, be in the Top Gun 2, uh, <laughs> Top Gun sequel as Maverick's son. Uh, be tempted out of uh, Sydney, you oh, know. so good if he would be. Uh, here's what he said, Charlie. Well, you could have an influence on this. All right. Because he said, well, actually... I, I love my neighbourhood. He did. <laughs> like, this is literally really? came up. He talked about how nice it was where he lived and how much he enjoyed sort of going to the beach. And Apart the- from the creepy guy who every time I walk my dog seems to be standing opposite my apartment. All I'm saying, there is an opportunity for you, Charlie, to send this one way or the other. <laughs> yeah. I've seen it. One of the things that is keeping you in Sydney is how much he enjoys his local neighbourhood. Time to play some music really loudly. I mean, I think you're having some trouble with, like, I mean, we haven't really talked about it on this podcast, but you've been having some trouble with your downstairs neighbours yeah. and a particular patch of communal grass, <laughs> neighbourhood grass that yeah. your dog has been pissing on that they're unhappy about. Yeah. I say you point the finger at Shield. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Get them to run him out of town. Like, that he has the- a dog. Right? Yeah. So that gets the heat off you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it also gets the heat on him. So suddenly he's dealing with the annoying neighbour. He's suddenly like not as happy at games. He's not playing as well. Leon Cameron can't work out what's going on. Well, I think... And it gets the heat off you as well. Well, where he, where he lives in my neighbourhood is opposite a, a pub that is notorious for on... Uh, nights where they show the UFC, there's generally like a brawl on the oh, street outside? afterwards. So I think he's okay. Like, I, I think he's committed to this suburb. Uh, all right. Okay. <laughs> Maybe he likes that. So, all right. Uh, GWS look great. They've got heaps of players to come back. It'll be interesting to see if Stevie J uh, manages to... Did you see the Stevie J got his car stolen story? No. So Stevie J got his car stolen and... Uh, it was uh, apparently uh, the only thing he was really worried about was his. Was golf it Ryan box. Crowley? <laughs> <laughs> I'll actually I'll look it up because it's uh, it was an interesting story because there's been an, another twist to it. Uh, so it's amazing how many stories we can get out of fucking nothing in AFL. Um, but Stevie J, uh, here we go. Um, let's go from uh, one day ago. Um, so, it's uh, this is this, so this, this is the new details on Stevie J's car stolen. Uh, so GWS veteran Steve Johnson uh, had his car stolen. Uh, he had his golf clubs in the back. That was one of the things. Uh, here we go. That sounds like a bullshit insurance claim. Uh, GW- oh yeah, I had my uh, golf clubs in the back. They're worth uh, six grand. Uh, when police finally caught up with the perpetrators after their joyride in Johnson's car, so they crashed it. They crashed the car, and uh, so he got his golf clubs back, which is good. But here's the twist that has come up today. Found strewn through the vehicle Uh-oh. were... Now, so, uh, Stevie J's had his car stolen, golf clubs have come back, and what have they discovered strewn throughout the vehicle? Is it legal? It's legal. Okay. Pornography. <laughs> uh, not pornography. Um, well, not uh, in, in the sense that you mean. No. Uh, it was kind Condoms. Of, uh, not condoms. Oh, no. But I'm in the right area? No. It's something that an AFL player perhaps shouldn't necessarily have in their car. I would say that. Binoculars? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't 
McDonald's wrappers. Oh. Apparently the whole car is like... <laughs> That's hilarious. full of Macca's wrappers. Club nutritionist is pissed. Yeah, so I amended that. You blame- but we've talked about this before. An inordinate number of AFL players seem to love McDonald's. Like, they always talk about it. If you On Twitter and stuff, you always see them talking about going through McDonald's and stuff. They sh- Did they still sponsor the AFL? Yeah. Yeah, right. Official sponsor of the AFL. That's probably what he's doing. Yeah. He's an ambassador. Exactly, mate. He's just trying to get the game out there. Yeah. Um. All right. So, uh, let's have a look at what uh, else went on the weekend. I can't believe that's fucking news. Really? Well, it's by weekend. Yeah. There's not a lot of news. Uh, North Melbourne uh, Football Club on uh, Saturday took on the Richmond Football Club. Uh, 9-12 North Melbourne, uh, 66 to Richmond, 14-17-101. And I'm going to call it now, Charlie. I've I've had this sense for a while about this season. But I knew there was something special happening with Richmond this season. Uh, And the thing is, the truth of it is that they could really be like 9 or 10 wins. You know, they... For everything that we've mocked them for, they've won pretty much every other game. They look good, Richmond. They've got, I think, probably, you know, I mean, you could toss, uh, you know, Dangerfield and, you know, a couple others into the mix. But there's probably no more imposing player than Dustin Martin in the competition at the moment. Alex Rance is clearly the best backman. That new forward line they have, that speed they've got. Cochin's playing amazingly. Really, This is setting itself up for maybe one of the best Richmondy things of all time. I don't know what it is. Oh, right, you don't But know. I think right now, we can definitely say they're going to play finals. And that just opens a whole new world of Richmondy to Imagine us. Imagine if they win a final. I mean, that's... that's Punt what, row will explode. But to me, that's what they've got to do. To yeah. me, that's the next step in this story. Yeah, yeah they could go... They some, could do the same old, same Well, here's old, some but... things that could happen from here, right? Yeah. Right now, there is no way they should miss the finals. So they'll miss finals. So, they can miss finals. <laughs> so that would be the most obvious Richmond thing to do. Yeah. Lock it in, choice one. That's your kind of go-to play. Yeah. Miss the finals from here. Lose nine in a row. Exactly. Miss out on percentage. Yeah. Have enough wins. <laughs> like, you know what it'd be? One of those scenarios where like the top two teams are only one game ahead and then like third to 12th all end up on the exact same and Richmond come ninth on percentage. That'd that be would amazing. be very Richmond to do from here, right? But I think it's going to be bigger than that. I think we say I think Richmond are going to go into the finals and maybe, maybe even make the top four. They could finish top four, and then this could be a whole new era of Richmondy that we are about to see. I would love that. I might love to see them make the grand final this year. I mean, if they win it, that would be Richmondy. That would be the best. I mean, after all this, and particularly after the way they were mocked mid-season, yeah, it's your perfect story for I mean, that. That's isn't the it? beauty of it is like anything could happen. They've set themselves up so perfectly this season for anything to happen and for all of it to be perfectly Richmondy. Yeah. Well done, Richmond. Yeah. I mean, a real credit to the Still writers. Still season. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where you're halfway yeah. through the season and you're like, wow, yeah. there's so many ways this could go. Yeah. And all of them would be delightful. Yeah. It's like when you watch a series like Breaking Bad or whatever, you're like third season, fourth season, you're like, I don't think they can get me again this. Oh my God, they've oh my done God. it. This show's better than ever. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. Richmond, you know what would be a great grand final? Richmond GWS. Yes. Because then, like, you wouldn't have a person in that stadium barracking for the GWS. Yeah. It'd just be Mel Doyle down there by herself (laughs) barracking for GWS, and you'd have 100,000 people barracking for Richmond. It would be... That'd be a great grand final. I'd love to see that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's That... And... In that game, you would like... There's so many Richmondy things that could happen, too, because it's I mean, wouldn't it be great 
It's a draw. Yes. And now they don't have the replay anymore. Yeah, what do they do? Extra times? Extra time. Yeah. Richmond could be the R- first be grand s- team to lose a grand lose final. Lose extra time. time. Oh, that'd be Richmondy. See? There's so many good Richmondy Literally things. anything we can think of is Richmondy. It it's is amazing. so perfectly well set done. up. Well done, Richmond. Well done. A real up. credit to the entire organisation. Did you see this game? I saw the first half when it was fairly tight. I did not see any of this game, no. Oh. I heard Richmond were very impressive, though. Dustin Martin was brilliant. You know, do you reckon he'll stay at Richmond? I think he'll stay at Richmond. I reckon he likes it there, and I reckon the only they reason they love him, and I think the only reason he was he thinking fits about that place, too. and I think the only reason he was thinking about leaving was that Richmond. You know, now that Richmond is showing that they could be a team that yeah really has a crack at it, why would he want to go anywhere else? Yeah, I mean, there was that. Remember, he renegotiated. Was it three or four years ago, or whatever? Where he went up to GWS and had a tour of the facilities and stuff, and that was a way to drive his price up. But apart from that, he never has seemed like a footballer who is particularly motivated by money or wanting to captain or anything like that. I just think he loves doing what he does with his mates. What about, he's in New Zealand this week. You know, he's gone back there to visit his dad because his dad can't come to Australia anymore. Uh, you know, We know he's close to his dad. What if you're, say, Gold Coast, right? You need a new marquee player, Dustin Martin, right? Mm. What if you said... Fuck it, we'll just move to New Zealand. <laughs> we will play all our home games in New Zealand, uh, and you can in, big investment for a guy that's like <laughs> six or seven years left, right? Like I admire the the, the I admire the, your nous, but that that's not a long. I reckon investment. if anyone was going to get New Zealand into AFL, though, to be like someone who plays like Dusty Martin, one hundred percent. You know, he's got that sort of crash I think and he would bash. Very, and just even his look and, you know, that I think it would very much appeal to New Zealand. Yeah. It's funny. I don't, of all the free agents that people are talking about this year, it feels like none of them are going apart from, well, uh, Kelly's not a free agent, but he seems like the only sort of big fish that looks like he's probably going to go. Yeah. I mean, five. Well, it feels like two things. With well, St. Kilda's pulled out of the race. They came out and they uh, discredited Fitzy, who, bastards, right? I mean, Poor Fitzy, mate. He's like at the cold face getting the scoops. It's like St Kilda has a vendetta against Fitzy. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I feel. Um, yeah, it's one of those things where St Kilda, though, isn't that... I guess that was meant to be a signal for, to the other people that they're going after, right? Well, when that's you what, say something like when that. When we had to meet on the show, he said the problem with those stories breaking is it makes people you are talking to nervous. And so you have to kind of, you know, you, yeah. you have to deal with that. So I think... I think yeah, I think everyone knows we're going after Josh Kelly, right? Like, and that's smart. I mean, that's I, that's he's my number one. Maybe they were having a meeting with Josh Kelly, and he's gone. I've heard you into Nat Five, and I don't want to be a cozy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not coming to your club to be a fucking cozy. Well, do you also reckon that Nat Fives? I mean, they say his form's indifferent this yeah. year. He's still his averaging. His value's just gone down. He's yeah. averaging still like 26, 27 touches a game, and or he's coming back from a broken leg, which we all know is one of the hardest things to come back from in football. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like that few people would have called on him because after the Jaeger thing as well, I think if you've got the option of getting a 22 year old gun from GWS with no history of injury and only upside, then yeah. that would become your number one. I mean, target. Kelly looks like your value pick. Yeah. Like that, that, that original deal, nine years, like for $9 million, that seems like a fucking bargain now. compared oh, to him. Yeah. I mean, he was best on ground again for the GWS on the weekend. He he's, is a super, super player. He's one of those players too where it's like, I actually made a point of watching him uh, what, uh, watching him the last couple of weeks because I'm like, well, he's going to be wearing red, white and black soon. Right. So <laughs> better get to know get him. used to him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but he's one of those players where he doesn't have an obvious 
type. Like he's kind of rangy, but he's quick. He's tough. He's skillful. Like they're rare those players. Like it's kind of like it's a sort of Robbie Flower esque, but just a you know a bit a lot more pace and stuff. Yeah, no, he's a. I mean, you can tell why everybody's so excited about him. And he, and the other thing you love about him is that he's one of those players that like I think that says something. And you know, it was the Dangerfield thing, and it's happened before. Which is if you can have your best season ever while the contract negotiations are going on. I think it just says something great. If it doesn't affect you, if it doesn't like get into you. You're a pro. Like both of those guys have essentially gone, I'm going to put my contract negotiations off till the end of the year based on the fact that I think I'll be worth more at the end of the year (laughs) than I am now. And both he and Dustin Martin have been absolutely correct in that assumption. If either of them had locked in at the start of the season, they would have cost themselves some fucking money. For sure. (coughs) All right. Uh, So North Melbourne, well, you know, look, I think they played a pretty good team and they didn't play great, but they, this is a win this year for North Melbourne transition yeah. year. They've done shown enough. I can, yeah. they don't want to lose draft picks. No, if they I don't make finals. Not the worst thing. No, I think so too. Uh, Fremantle, uh, 12, 13, 85, a lost over there at domain stadium mm. to, uh, Collingwood. Yes. 15, 15, 105, uh, Collingwood against the wall. Well, I mean, this was the thing, right? Like uh, Jamie Elliott, who's come back so strongly and been so great for them, hurt himself to get the backs against the wall. Yeah. And that's why they kick so badly, I think, to keep their backs against the wall enough to win. Yeah. Bucks's best <coughs> win as coach. I mean, they say that a lot. Oh, God. This fucking, you know what? Like, this 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 subplot of the year with Bucks and what's going on I'm bored of it already oh. just fucking re-sign him well you know the other thing is you're not going to sack him now that's like one of those subplots that went too hard too early yeah that was like the thing if this was a season like we got a preview of Bucks saying like that's like your next season yeah, yeah, yeah. in AFL and Bucks yeah. is on the thing going if I don't make the eight yeah. I'm going to get fired well it's, it's like no it's like the cliffhanger was a murder right. mystery and then it takes them fucking like 12 episodes to fucking oh, reveal the killer I don't care by now I don't, care, now. I don't care we're bored now yeah no I think I, I don't think any of this changes my thoughts that Bucks will just get to the end of the season and then they'll transition into something else I reckon he'll stay they love him mate they love Bucks yeah, I don't know. I don't think the Collingwood fans necessarily love Bucks though, and that I think that's part of the. Problem. I think they're warming to him. I reckon. Who knows? I mean, who knows? I don't want to see Nathan Buckley lose his job. I have nothing against Nathan Buckley. No. Um. Uh, all right, and uh, that was it, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was it. It was a buy round. Yeah. Next week. Okay. Let's have a look at next week. Uh. Here we go. Uh, Sydney uh, taking on the Western Bulldogs on Thursday night uh, in what will be, I imagine, underwater. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it is pissing down. We're looking out of your office right now and it is piercing down. And it's rained all night last night. Yeah. And the weather forecast says all week uh, and the SCG is not too far from where I live. So it's going to be... What was it that famous game... Uh, where Libber and uh, Paul Kelly went at it? That was a a fairly wet day. It was a pretty wet day, I think. Yeah. Bring back Libba Jr. There's no Kellys playing for uh, Sydney. Who, who would you put him? Put him on Hanbury. Bit of old school Libba action, I reckon. I mean, that would be pretty good. I think they just don't bring Libba to Sydney because there's too much good light. Not right <laughs> yeah. Here, you know I mean? like, yeah. Well, no, they're safe now. The oh, cross, that's good. The cross yeah. is shut down. You can play <laughs> yeah. in Sydney again. Libba's like, oh, the lockout laws are fine. Yeah. Everything will be shut by the time, by the time we finish the game. It's going to be fine. Um, I reckon I'm going to pick the Bulldogs in this game. 
Yeah, I hope the Bulldogs win this. But it, it certainly would not be one of those ones with all the extra conditions that... You are very, very pessimistic on your side this year. Like I you, am, you're, I? you're, It's kind of annoying. <laughs> I've got to be honest with you. You're the Premiers. Have some fucking confidence. I have more faith in your team than you do. I don't think anybody else has much faith in the Bulldogs either, though. This is one of those ones where... After the Saints game, people If I like, was going to write a, like a story of this season, if you're going to go, how does this work out best for the Bulldogs... My theory is that we get underestimated again, despite being the premiers, that we hopefully kind of finish, you know, sixth, seventh, five, fifth, sixth or seventh again, which is probably where we'll finish. And then hopefully, you know, based on confidence from last year and all those sort of things, have that kind of vibe that we could make another run at it and pull it all together at the same time and kind of mug people again. Because again, I don't think we would, like, I think it'd be one of those things where we might go into a final series and not be favourite in any of the games again, despite being the reigning premiers. It feels like yeah. that sort of you know, season. There's enough teams above us that other people think realistically are ahead of us. And I think that's probably part of the idea that last season we weren't the best team in the competition for the whole year. You know, we we finished seventh, you know. And so I think that it's, again, we're sort of one of those teams that are probably around the fourth, fifth, you know, you know somewhere between sort of third and fifth or sixth is where we are. And maybe we could have a good final series and do it again. I but. just reckon are you. I reckon you're travelling just right. You've had some disappointing losses, but you are winning when you re, when the chips are down. You're just idling. I reckon you guys will come good. We haven't we haven't like blown away any game. We haven't put like the. I mean, the, well, the Saints, Saints game was yeah. as close as we got to like, you know. Um, all right. Uh, so that is uh, Thursday night. Who are you um, picking? Uh, yeah, I'm picking the Bulldogs. I mean, I, I pick the Bulldogs every week. I think I, I probably will continue to do so. <laughs> um, uh, Friday, uh, June the ninth. Uh, Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval taking on the St Kilda Saints. Yeah, not, a, not a great week to get Adelaide coming on the home. Rebound. That's that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. This does not look good for us. I actually was when I was watching the the, the Cats game. I was like, at least injure a few of their players. Right. <laughs> uh, I can't remember what the trend is with the bye. Did teams normally lose after the bye or play well after the bye? Is it, it just changes, right? It does. It used to be the killer bye, and then yeah. it's the bye you needed. I don't think anyone knows anymore. Yeah, right. But I think Adelaide. At home, we've got no Nick Revolt either. We're still we're still trying to blood McCartan. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I just I I would love to see us win, but I think Adelaide will win. I will tip St Kilda out of blind loyalty. Uh, I'm going to tip Adelaide in that one at home. Uh, Saturday, uh, Hawthorne at the MCJ taking on the Gold Coast Football Club in a hard one to pick, I reckon. Yeah, Hawthorne Gold Coast. Hawthorne, Gold Coast. They've already played each other this year, haven't they? Oh, yeah. Well, the Gold the, Coast the Swans won. The Gold Coast smashed them. Swans and Bulldogs have already played as well. Yeah, right. So we're getting, oh, that's to, right, of we're getting to that point in the season. Um, oh, yeah. Gold Coast will win this one. Uh, Mad Tony Cochran will be running nude down. Is it Caval Avenue? What's the one in the Gold Coast? Yeah, but this is in Melbourne. This is at the MCG. Hawthorne at the MCG. Well, and coming man. off that embarrassment of last week, yeah, surely isn't don't there look some that good. pride... Gold Coast probably don't travel well, I imagine. Hard to tell, but I can't I don't, imagine know, I don't know anything well. about Gold Coast. No, I reckon Gold Coast will win this. I feel confident about that. Uh, That's my luck of the week. I mean, I'd like to be controversial and go for like, but I just feel like my blind loyalty to the Hawthorne I used to know yeah. is like, you know, like Hawthorne now is House of Cards. Yeah. It's like, I'm really watching this latest season because I enjoyed one two seasons ago. <laughs> <laughs> I know it hasn't been good for a while and now it's really, really bad. But uh, no, I'm going to say Gold Coast too. I'm going to say Gold Coast, get a little run on, yeah. make a little bit of a finals uh, yeah. tilt. That's how you get Malcolm Blight's interest. Uh, Brisbane Lions uh, taking on Fremantle at the Gabba in a game that could go either way. Frio 
They've they've gone off a bit again the last couple of weeks. Uh, Brisbane, you know, you can't. It's hard to pick Brisbane, but Brisbane at home, if they're going to win one, yeah. And you, well, you, you kind of think that every now and again a team's going to win one. Yeah. What you know is that Brisbane will at least put in a half. Like they would right. be competitive for a half. I just reckon Ross Lyon, Ross Lyon would be, he'd be furious after last week. I reckon he'd have those team that that team revved up. I'll pick Frio in that game. And I am going to pick the Brisbane Lions in the upset of the weekend, and that is my lock of the week. <laughs> Uh, Essendon taking on Port Adelaide uh, at Etihad Stadium. That'd be a good game. Yeah, it should be a really good game, I'd imagine. Uh, Saturday night. Uh, So that'll be a quick I reckon Port. I think Port, something switched in them last week. I feel like they're they're at the start of a bit of a run. Yeah, this is a really hard one to pick. Paddy Ryder playing against Essendon as well. Essendon at Etihad. It's a hard one to pick, isn't it? I'm going to say Port as well, though. Just, I think Port are really good, and I think Essendon are not uh, pretty good. Yeah, but they I can think, compete. But I think Port, Port, maybe just good enough. And if Port win in Melbourne against Essendon, they're the real, they're deal. the real fucking deal. Um, Sunday. God, God, if I have to see Port win another flag before the Saints, will fucking die. Sun, Sunday, June the eleventh, uh, three twenty in the afternoon. Carlton at Etihad Stadium taking on the GWS Giants. In a game that would be surprising if GWS lose. Oh, fuck, man. I, may, I think I used my lock of the week too early because I reckon Carlton can win this game. You reckon they can win? I do. I do. I just think it's one of those kind of... Yep. I mean, if GWS were going to drop one, they've yeah. beaten all the people they needed to beat. They've gone well through this period. I just don't... Yeah, fuck, man. If I'd seen... If it's I'd the se- one that they certainly would probably come to town like, you know, going, if I'd oh, seen, well, we'll be able to just get it done this yeah, way. If I'd seen the Essendon game... If I'd seen the Essendon GWS game last week, it might give me a different opinion. But because I just don't know how well GWS are traveling, I don't know if that was just like a, a, a good game. But I don't know. I've got something in my waters saying that there could be an upset. I'm going to pick the Blues. I'm going to pick GWS. Uh, and then on Monday, the Queen's birthday game, uh, Melbourne taking on Collingwood. And also the uh, Neil Danaher uh, game. So this is the, obviously they do a big slide, but they also, you know, try to raise. Uh, all the money for MND. So, yeah, great cause to get behind. You Caroline can buy... Wilson participating I, this year. I, I believe, <laughs> I, I think you might have noticed that the people going down the slide this year are all Olympic athletes. Like <laughs> right. the theme is, like, you know, you're Olympic. Yeah, so they... You're okay getting in the water. Yeah, as long as they don't get Grant, Grant Hackett involved, I think they'll, <laughs> they'll be fine. Uh, but that's a great cause. And Neil Danaher. Big who, game. He's an amazing man, Neil Danaher, and the work he's yeah, done he's around awesome. that. And he's. Uh, if people don't know, um, he certainly is not going to benefit from any of the advances, but there have already been major advances, uh, you know, in the amount of money and the research they've done into uh, MND and hopefully for future people, it will give them a, a good opportunity uh, at curing it. So, um, yeah, huge cause and, and, and great to sort of get behind and celebrate, I reckon, that one. What are, you, what are the stakes here? Backs aren't against the wall after a stirring win, but they're... Big occasion players, the Pies. So I don't know. Melbourne has to fucking win. Melbourne have to win this. If they don't win this, they won't play finals. Out of the two, I always I thought that Melbourne was more of a chance to play finals than Collingwood. I feel like Collingwood, you, yeah, you, you're saying re-sign Buckley. You know, everyone's got a bit of like, you know. They're strutting their step. Yep. So time for them to get fucking back against the wall as far as I'm concerned. I'm going to say that Melbourne will win this one. I'll pick Melbourne too. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. That's it. I think uh, we got a Patreon page. Uh, yep. Check that out. We have a Facebook page. Two guys, one cup podcast. Podcast. Yeah, and we uh, and we have. Did you did you say we had a website? You had a Facebook page. Uh, 
Oh, we have a Facebook page. For yeah, this. but we, we also have a website. We have a website. So um, if you like this show and you want to check out some other stuff we do, you can go to tofop.com, T-O-F-O-P, where you can find this podcast and a bunch of other stuff we do. Um, and if you like this show, can you write us a review or just tick some stars on iTunes? Because that just helps us get up the charts and lets more people know about the show. Yeah, that, yeah that's it. Anything to plug? No stand-up? Um, I'm at the Wagga Comedy Festival. No, I'm, I forget it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to Montreal uh, for Just for Love. But I'm not sure there's a huge uh, Montreal comedy. AFL comedy audience crossover. But if there is, uh, I'll be doing my show there. And please come out to see it. It will not be a bad AFL football, though, unfortunately <laughs> for you, for your area of specialists. Play on, not 15. <laughs> we are 